My favourite secret agent of all time was Agent 86 and we are up to episode 86 of the Parkrun Adventurers podcast. How are you doing this week, Scotty? Are you, are you psyched? Are you amped for 86? Always. But I'm curious, who was your second favourite agent? Oh, that would be tough. It could, uh, I think it would probably be a tie between Inspector Gadget and James Bond. Oh, see, I, I asked you thinking you wouldn't know more than one agent, but <laughs> Inspector Gadget, you've touched on something there. I loved Inspector Gadget. That was my How good was he? go-to cartoon, run home from school, Inspector Gadget, loved it. Yeah, we, we used to play Inspector Gadget when I was a little girl. I would draw... Um, you know, the computer things in the pages of an exercise book and make my little brother run around pretending he was brain. It was great fun. Yeah. So he was resourceful, he was inventive, but he was also funny. He was cracking jokes. He was. The whole episode. Exactly. And and just quietly, there's a connection there to Agent 86 as well. So all, all the best agents are, are very smart, let's say. Let's not give away the connection. Let's let our <laughs> listeners think about that. But yes, I'm, I'm amped. I'm pumped. Busy week, Mel. Lots of adventuring happening over the weekend. I know. I, I heard this on the grapevine. Where did you head to on Saturday? Well, I went up to Barrel. Now, firstly, have you ever, you've heard of Barrel. Do you know where Barrel is? It's New South Wales, and you know what? Barrel first came to my attention in the Parkrun AU100 video because it looks absolutely stunning in that video. And I was like, oh, my God, where is this place that I've never even heard of before this? So that was my introduction to it. And I bet you've never heard of any or met anybody who's been to Barrel either. I don't think I have. That was my experience as well. But let me assure you that the course is gorgeous I know what you th- I know what you're thinking in in the video, and if you haven't watched it yet, have a look at yourself because it's a great video and it was released a long time ago. <laughs> but in the video, they've got a shot of the start, which is um, a, a grass field and it's mowed, so there's a, a mowed path, and that is the course. I've been there, I've experienced it now, and that is awesome. But it, it goes downhill and then it gets onto just a, a regular bike path, walking path. Which it goes downhill in a good way. It does. It does. And the bike path itself is, is gorgeous too because it basically winds along a, a river and then out through farming land. So you run past um, horses. I think we ran past horses and some cows and lots of tall grass, lots of green, country air. Gorgeous. Gorgeous park run. But the reason I was there is because I went there to, to do a little bit of a story on Norma Wallet. Norma Wallet is 88 years old and is still running parkrun. Actual running. She's a runner at 88 years old and she did 100 parkruns on Saturday, making her the oldest parkrun in the world to get to the 100 milestone. We thought that was worth celebrating. So I went out there. The oldest, the oldest, oldest or the oldest female? The oldest female. The oldest female because as we know, your mate up there, Norm, he ticked off is, that box. Is it, well, he's the oldest male. Yeah. But yeah, it was a real treat. So I, I flew up there and spent Friday with Norma and got to know her and had a chat to her. And anyone who is still running, 
in when they're 88 is remarkable. And Norma doesn't see herself as being remarkable. She just thinks it's something that everybody does, something she's always done to keep active. But she actually, well, actually, she started running when she was 40. Okay. Did her first marathon in her 70s. So if you're still if you're still on the fence about this running caper and you think here's it for me, we got plenty of time <laughs> because Norma discovered it in her forties. Well, she sounds phenomenal. Was it a, was it a great morning? It was. It was. It was a really good morning. Lots of people showed up to support Norma. You know, Barrel's one of those events, not a massive one. They get uh, fifty to sixty every week, and okay. on Saturday I think they might have nudged ninety odd. So it was great to see that people came out to support Norma and celebrate the occasion. A few people travelled up from Canberra. Just a great morning, another great parkrun morning, celebrating someone who's done something remarkable. But also, I I chatted to a couple of people who came to parkrun for the first time, wondering what the hell's going on. Why am I running around with a camera? Why is there cake? um, Is it like this every week? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I lied. I said yes. Yeah, I'm here every week filming. <laughs> and cake is mandatory. No, I didn't. But um, I also spent Friday night with the crew from Barrel uh, having having dinner in the local pub. And uh, that, that was lovely too. It's, it's, it's always great to get to know people that you don't know, but parkrunners in general. So you get to hear everyone's parkrun story. And the parkrun story in Barrel is, is slightly different the parkrun story that I'm used to down in Melbourne. Do you care to elaborate? Like, why is it slightly different? Well, because when you're in Barrel, the only event you've got is Barrel. So your only exposure to the parkrun is Barrel Parkrun. So all your stories and all the people you know are from that one event. Whereas you and I, Mel, we've got the luxury of visiting a different parkrun every week and we call ourselves adventurers because we like to adventure to different parkruns. So when you flip it, and you hear what we call passionistas, parkrunners who have only experienced their one event, it's a different story. I can see, yeah, okay. I can see where you're coming from. So what is what is Barrel's closest parkrun, do you know, off the top of your head? Well, they're, they're have you a, looked at the map? They're a couple of hours, maybe an hour and a bit from Canberra, so they've got a selection in Canberra. Uh, Illawarra, uh, that, so Illawarra is an hour away, and Sydney is an hour away, so Campbelltown's close. But yeah, I, th- I just think it's it's more of an effort and, and when there's not the culture of adventuring to other park runs, people don't. It's a completely different experience, isn't it? Not yes. not, a, not a, a worse one or a better one, but just a different one. Yeah. So that was my morning. Now, you had the privilege of adventuring to another park run on Saturday. And I'm, I I'm, did. I'm guessing you were swept up in our interview with Kelly... And you went along to a will, Cops and Robbers run. I was. I I admit that the imagination started ticking over with the nice and simple costume opportunities to get dressed up as robbers, and obviously the um, chance to to get in another relatively local. I think it, uh, Petrie at that stage was my Nendi. Um, it's it was it's only about roughly an hour's drive from where I live. So I thought, oh, I could do that. I could arrange to to meet up with my brother and sister-in-law and my niece and nephew and and that's nice smack bang in the middle of where we live and um, and we could all get dressed up as cops and, well, robbers because obviously none of us are police officers and, yeah, go and 
get some parkrun adventures happening at Petrie. And it was awesome. It was such a good morning. For the first time, uh, Adam took Wes with the pram and I, I was child-free, uh, relatively speaking. And I still, I still only walked to the event because I wasn't prepared for the running. <laughs> and um, I wasn't sure then at that stage whether or not I might have been participating in another running event later that day. So um, I, I needed to save my legs potentially. But I'm really glad that we did run bec- uh, walk because if we had run, we would have missed out on a koala crossing the footpath and climbing to just above head height in a little tree. Like right there, where where we were, and so we had to stop and have a selfie taken with the koala, which was awesome. Um, my first my first koala on a parkrun event, and it happened in Queensland. I was super expecting that to happen in South Australia, because that's where I always see the koalas. But nope, Queensland, Petrie, an hour away from my house. And Kelly informs me that she very kindly arranged for that to happen. So thank you, Kelly. I really appreciated the koala experience at your event. And it was awesome, though, as well, all the police officers that got involved and all the runners that got dressed up as the robbers. You know, everybody fully embraced it. There was uh, police vehicles with sirens going off and um, runners running around with plastic handcuffs on and things like that. And it was it was just a really great morning. Everybody got very involved. Some of the volunteers dressed as police officers had super soakers and uh, were squirting us as we went past as well, which was a nice touch on a warm morning. So also a really great course, you know, a few undulations, but mostly shady and very green because of all the rain we've been having. The rain fortunately held off till just after we finished and we were about to get in the car. So that was well-timed as well. So it's one of those mornings where everything just lines up all the stars align and everything just happens perfectly uh we all which ironic is ironic because we almost missed it because i slept through my alarm after having a not very good night's sleep with wes (laughs) and um and waking up essentially five minutes before we were due to actually leave uh instead of waking up 45 minutes before we were supposed to leave so uh, all pulled it together at the end, though. Yeah, good morning. Good. I've done that plenty of times. You didn't speed there. <laughs> you didn't speed to get to parkrun, did you? No, I'm. I'm starting to learn that I need to add a buffer in for having an infant. So, the normal time it takes you to get places, add like fifty percent again. And then that's the time that you should be leaving. <laughs> so because I had added all in all that buffer, and fortunately we didn't actually need that. So he didn't need a feed because he'd been awake all night eating anyway. So that worked in our favor. And we were able to use that extra time to very quickly get dressed before we, we left. And no, we didn't have to speed. Awesome. Um, I saw some photos from the Cops and Robbers run and it looked like tons of fun and well supported. So I think that might become a bigger thing next year. He's hoping anyway. And and the koala, wild koala, Kelly didn't bring one in and stage it for you. It was a real No, no. I think I think she she has contacts locally in the trees. Okay. She's connected. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Good eye. Sounds like a great fun morning. And you're not not ready yeah, to run was. yet? Still still walking? Um, well, no, it was a little bit of a walk run okay. um, because my niece Lani was there too. So she she realised too late that she should have 
gone with her uncle Adam or my brother Nicholas <laughs> because they were both running and she was like oh why why aren't we running and we said well we're we're, we're just not so but we ended up walk running a little bit with her because the walk is just getting a bit too slow for her these days the poor cherub so yeah no I'm I'm thinking with this this training program there's we're going to talk about a little bit later with some special guests to, heading towards Christmas I, I think more running is definitely in my future we're going to skip down to Scotty's neck of the woods to have a chat to our next guest we haven't been to Ballarat Park Run before but we've had adventures, roving adventures from a lovely young lass named Ricky. And now we've got Ricky on the podcast talking to us live-ish. Hey, Ricky, how are you doing? Hi, thank you for having me. Thank you very much for being here. Now, Ricky, let's, let's talk about Ballarat to start with because I've never been there and I have no idea even where it is geographically, let alone what the course is like. Can you give us a little bit of a rundown? Yes, so Ballarat is um, about an hour and a half drive from Melbourne. Um, it's known for the Gold Rush era. So um, a lot of our park run, so we had our second year anniversary recently and it was a gold theme because of the Gold Rush. Um, and the course is at Victoria Park, which is sort of just across the way from Lake Wendery, which is the... Steve Modigetti track, um, pretty famous. Most people will go for a run around Lake Wendry if they're in Ballarat. And the park run course is sort of a, a, a smaller loop first and then a bigger loop with an out and back section. And then, um, yeah, you finish up at a barbecue area and a playground area, so it's good for families and, you know, for hanging around afterwards. Ricky, I've been to, I've visited Ballarat a couple of times. Unfortunately, both times I've been, it's been bitterly cold. But that's that's a thing with Ballarat, isn't it? It's always cold there. Uh, yes, it is cold. Well, I feel like we have extreme weather. So in winter, it's really cold. And in summer, it can be really, really hot. So um, winter, yeah, you've got to layer up. Definitely. Um, I've been to, um, you know, running in places like Sydney or even in Queensland and people actually wear gloves and hats and I feel like running up to them and tearing it off them and saying, you do not need those things. It is not cold. Uh, yeah, so it's pretty cold. It's very cold volunteering. Um, I use those hot hand warmers and put them in my pockets. Um, and then, yeah, we've had a real... A um, couple of times during summer where it's been really hot and, yeah, I don't think anyone got a PB. But I imagine you've had some fast PBs there because Ballarat is also known as a bit of a hotbed for running in this country. It is the home of Steve Monaghetti. Do you get some fast boys and girls come down from time to time? Yes, we do. Um, Steve has got a – he comes to Park Run probably every second week and he um, – I think he's only run once, um, maybe twice. Or the, the, the first time he ran, um, the he was the male winner and the female winner was none other than me. But I came in about 
uh, maybe 10 minutes <laughs> to speak, but that's my claim to fame that I've been first female and he's been first male. Um, but yeah, he has, uh, uh, I'm not sure if he really coaches them or if he just sort of mentors um, a couple of runners in Ballarat. So they come down from time to time. Yeah, and they set a cracking pace. Well, as they go, that's a pretty special claim to fame, I reckon. Ricky, how did you hear about Park Run or get involved in the first instance? Um, I think um, I was joined RMA, um, Running Runs Australia, and that was a really great connection for me to um, other runners because I was a solo runner and I never ran with other people. Um, I was just on my own. Um, and Running Runs Australia was a really good way to connect. And people on the forum were saying about Parkrun this, Parkrun that. And I was thinking, I don't know what Parkrun is. What is it? Um, and then I heard that Parkrun was com- coming to Ballarat and I was so excited. And I put it in my calendar and I said to my husband, this is the start of Parkrun. And from now on, every Saturday morning, I will be busy forever. So don't schedule anything in on a Saturday. That's it. <laughs> and Ballarat Park Run started on the first day of winter, which I think, like a little odd, I think, because it doesn't really encourage people to get there, being so cold. But it was great for me because it kept me going for winter and it really changed uh, so much about running for me. I've, I've now made heaps of friends. I run with um, groups. We go away together to, um, you know, if we go, we just went to Melbourne Marathon, we stayed together and went out for dinner together. So it's become a really social thing. And it's, um, yeah, it's, it's made a huge impact on my life. Well, I've just realised, Ricky, we've run together because I went to uh, event number one at Ballarat Park Run when it launched. So we've got a connection. Yes, there we go. There's always a six degrees of separation somewhere, isn't there? (laughs) You also helped me out with the newsletter. You've been writing some articles lately and there's some cracking articles and you've written an article this week around international park runners, something that you've just experienced by um, visiting Ireland. Yeah, it was great. Um, my husband is Irish. He came here when he was about 23. Um, so we've been back to, he's from Belfast, so we've, we've been back to Belfast a couple of times, but this is the first time we've been back and um, Parkrun has been established there. And the parkrun that I went to is literally 300 metres from my parents-in-law's house. So it you just was just the best. <laughs> I just would watch Parkrun. Um, and, of course, at Colin Glen, I did a podcast from there. Um, it was just amazing. It was, a, it was so different to anything I'd ever done before. Really, really hilly um, through um, a wooded glen is what they call it. So very different um, environment to what we're used to here in Australia. Um, but what made me think about writing the Parkrun article about um, being in, so international is that when I was there, I, I, we were there for five weeks, so I had the opportunity to go to five different Parkruns around Belfast. But I 
went to Colin Glen and everyone was so wonderful. I just wanted to keep going back because, you know, you start making friends and connections with people. So I didn't do any other park runs in Belfast. So maybe I'm not a very good park run adventurer, but um, it did make me think about how many people have perhaps moved overseas and um, found that by joining Parkrun in their local community, it's made the move easier. So we put the call out to find some event directors here or over there or wherever um, who were expats. And, um, yeah, I think their stories are really interesting. And I think, on the whole, Parkrun is definitely helping people re-establish themselves in new places. I love the fact that you went there and you you went to the event the first week and you loved it so much that you just wanted to go back. It's it's like you get to have two home park runs on two different continents. And there are a lot of people who have um, talked about sister park run events, so park runs that launched on the same weeks, you know, and they share the same birthday and they're twins and things like that. Do you think there's a lot of opportunity, you know, you could have a home park run in every different country, Ricky? That uh, you're giving me ideas for the articles for the newsletter, Mel. <laughs> um, sis, I've never heard of having like a sister park run before, but that's a, it's a really intriguing idea. Um, I think that, yeah, like the idea of having several um, home park runs is, is great. And the people in the article this week did talk about having their home park run here in Australia and then a home park run in Scotland or England or wherever it may be. Yeah, I just think that there are so many interesting stories that come out of park run and whether it be, you know, over there or here, wherever it is, there's so many interesting stories that are just waiting to be told. And you're the person for that. How have you enjoyed uh, writing for the, for the newsletter? Because you've written quite a few articles recently? Yes, I have. Um, I really enjoy it, actually. And it's, I, I feel it's sort of, it's an extension of my um, volunteering. Um, I, yeah, I just come up with ideas, I suppose, normally when I'm running, um, and I, you know, quickly jot them down. And then I usually email you, Scott, and say, who do we know who does this or who does that? Um, but yeah, as I said, I just think that there are so many stories. You know, Parkrun is every single morning, or sorry, every Saturday morning around the world in so many different countries and so many people participate. There's just got to be so many great stories in there. And people, you know, people do capture my attention. Um, everyone has a different story to tell. And I, I think that a lot of people don't realise how special their stories are. Um, and so I know that... You know, you ask event directors to um, give us story ideas um, and some of them aren't very forthcoming, but I think that that they just underestimate how special all their parkrunners are. Or maybe they don't realise, maybe that people keep the story to themselves, but definitely everyone's got a great story. Well, thank you for sharing your story, Ricky, and for sharing the stories of all those people, both in the newsletter and when you send in the roving reports on the podcast. We really appreciate it and we look forward to hearing a lot more. Great. Thank you. 
I look forward to writing them. And the one thing I do like about writing is that I can sit at my laptop and normally I sit there for at least 15 minutes before I put something, you know, any words down. And it's a lot less intimidating than speaking to you and having to think of something on the spot. <laughs> so I'll get back to the newsletter. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you and thanks so much for having me. Now, if all our listeners were reading the Parkrun newsletter that came out last week, they would have read an article from the boss, Tim Oberg. He wants to get faster in time for Christmas. And he hasn't been on the pod for a while, so welcome back, Tim Oberg. Thanks, Scott. Great to be here. It's extra special when you're joining us this week because who you've roped in to help you with your goal to get faster is none other than Eloise Wellings. So welcome to the Parkrun Adventures for the first time, (laughs) Eloise. Hi, thank you. Thanks for having me. Now, this is exciting on a lot of levels because I think it's the first time I've had a four-way interview. So we'll see how that goes. But, Tim, all you want is to get fast in time for Christmas. Tell us what that's all about. Yeah, sure, mate. So so uh, I've had a really uh, – you know, I kind of wrote this in, in the newsletter, but I'll, I'll rehash it because uh, – it's a good, it's a good story. Um, so I've had a really good year of running, um, probably, for, but I actually haven't entered any any races for the last couple of years because we all know park runs are run, not a race. So I do park run every week, but uh, I actually haven't entered any running events. Um, so no no Olympics for me. Um, so uh, I've just been uh, training and doing park run, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, which which I love. You know, I train for fun, train for health. I love the banter. I love the friendships, and that's. No, that's that's training for me. But I sort of thought, well, I just sort of feel like I need a little bit of something to give me some focus, give me something to work towards um, at this at this time of year. And I thought, well, you know, the obvious distance to train for is five k because, like like most park runners, we're all knocking off five k every week. So so I had this little concept in mind that I would do a five k, uh, a ten week training block. Um, leading into Christmas and, and the, the nearest obviously we have park run on Christmas Day but tradition up here in Ely Beach is that I actually run direct on Christmas Day so I thought when's the next nearest park run to Christmas Day and it's the 23rd of December so I thought right I'm going to plan a 10 week training block around uh, you know running a fast 5k on the 23rd of December um, and, and then whilst I was in the midst of doing that Eloise contacted me um, about her Love Mercy, Love Mercy Foundation um, project that she's got going on. So I'll, I'll throw it over to Eloise to tell that story and then we can talk about how, they, how it all came together. Yeah, so thanks, Tim. I had a chat to Tim about a challenge that we're running um, to raise money for our foundation. What it is, it's called the Love Millions Challenge and what we're trying to do is um, get a bunch of runners to run a million kilometres before the completion of the Commonwealth Games in April next year. And, um, yeah, basically, you join the group on Strava um, and also on our Love Mercy Foundation website and um, you donate your kilometres. A runner will donate their kilometres um, every day of the week or however, however many times you run um, per week. Um, and then with those kilometres, yeah, we're trying, to, we're trying to get to a million and we're trying to get some sponsor partners involved. Um, we have already got some sponsor partners involved, but we're definitely looking for some more. Um, 
and we're trying to raise $50,000 for our foundation. So, um, yeah, basically the sponsor partners do all of the, I guess, the, the donating um, in terms of monetary-wise. So, um, and it's so it's for the runner to donate their, their running kilometres. And I think it's a great way to, um, I guess, to add purpose to to our running from here or for the next six months. And, you know, we've got 874 um, from last count people in the group. And, yeah, it's exciting that people have been so supportive and um, and have jumped on board and, you know, can, can it, hopefully we're communicating the message. Um, yeah, it means that we're communicating the message well that, you know, that you're running, you, your day-to-day running can, can mean more than, than just getting fit, I guess. It's certainly a fabulous way to stay motivated during the week between park runs. Now, Eloise, when Tim had this discussion with you and he said he wants to get fast for Christmas, you're a bit of a handy runner. You you run you run some good speeds. But did you already have like a training program created to, you know, to to fit this 10-week block or did you do it specifically for this purpose? Uh, well, it's pretty specific in, in that it's 10 weeks long. But, I mean, for any 5K, like if you want to increase your your fitness over 5 or 10K running, there's there's three components. You need a long run, an interval session, and a, and a sort of a steady state run, which is what the Saturday run is. Um, and then the, the runs in between, if you can fit in more, then that's great. But if you're a three- to four-time week runner um, and then there's another there's actually another session in there with a um, with some strides which actually help with technique and leg speed um, which is what you need for especially for the end of a 5k race so yeah I you know the, the basics are, are always there and, and it's what we do it's the sort of the foundation that my my coach follows um, and yeah and then it's just about tweaking it for obviously trying to um, coach beginner and intermediate and trying to kind of suit all levels. And that's a good point because by saying we want to get fast, fast is very relative. So this group is open to absolutely everybody, isn't it? Yeah, open to everyone. And, and one of the things uh, that I guess was slightly a concern for us as Parkrun talking about this is we didn't, we didn't want it to be presented to the Parkrun community as, as here's a program for the fast people to get faster. We wanted to make sure that, um, you know, this program is as relevant, whether you're running, uh, like me, if you're running about 20 minutes and you want to get into your sort of low 19, or whether you're running 40 minutes and you want to do 38 minutes. The principles are the same. Um, and so, we, we, you know, and we've, we've seen that in, in the Facebook group that we've created. And most of the people who are in there talking about what their PBs are and so on. It's, it's in the sort of the high 20 minutes, the 30 minutes. And so it is sort of, you know, typical of parkrun where the average time within a parkrun is, you know, about 30 minutes for a 5K. So I'm glad that it's average parkrunners who have uh, felt like that this was for them because that was certainly the intention. I do like how you mentioned that it's it's for the regular parkrunner, Tim, because I'm, I'm in the group and I've been running sort of, or when I say running, I've been wogging the, the high 50s with Wes lately, uh, but I would be keen to get down to, you know, sub 35 would be amazing for me. It's not even beating my PB, but it would just be awesome. So Eloise, I'm coming back to running after having a little boy four months ago, and I'm thinking for the purposes of this um it's it's a a lot of moving that I'm not quite used to, so I think I might halve all of your sessions <laughs> and just do it that way, but still have the different things. Would would that work for me? 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, that's the beauty about the training program. If you still have those three, those three key components, you know, a, a longer run. And I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be a little bit different for everyone, like depending on where you're coming from and what foundation you've got. And obviously, you're just coming back from having a baby, so you've probably not been doing a whole lot. So you would start out much easier than what the program says, and then you, you would progress. So if you started out at 50% and use the general rule that you wouldn't add more than 10% in kilometres per week, um, and, and go from there, then, you know, you should definitely get fitter and, um, you know, by the end of the 10 weeks, you should be feeling, you know, more yourself. And you'll be adding the kilometres to the Strava group. Tell us a bit more about that, Eloise, and tell us about Love Mercy, because I've heard of it before and I've seen some of the stuff you do, but can you just elaborate for yep. those that don't know? Yeah, so we run community development projects in um, in northern Uganda uh, to help people back on their feet after the war. And uh, I started the foundation with a with an Olympian, a Ugandan Olympian, Julius H. On, and we met and um, became friends back in 2008. Uh, I was over in Portland training for the Beijing Olympics and and trying to recover from a foot injury I had. And um, yeah, just became really good friends with Julius and. We ended up going to Uganda to his wedding, to his wife, Grace. And, um, yeah, my husband and I and, um, and my parents-in-law were there and we just saw, um, you know, a real need uh, for people that had been suffering through the Civil War. And I guess we felt like we had a responsibility to do something that, with what we'd seen. And, um, you know, we started Love Mercy Foundation uh, in 2009. And, yeah, we run... Um, Two key programs at the moment. We have a, a medical clinic. Um, we've just started a temporary maternity ward within that clinic, um, and that the clinic services twenty thousand people in in a remote area in northern Uganda, including Julius's village that he grew up in. And uh, and we run another program called Sense for Seeds, um, which is a micro loan farming program run primarily with women uh, to help them create their own livelihood and and basically dig themselves out of poverty and. We started Sense of Seeds with 300 women in 2010, and we're we're running Sense of Seeds with 10,000 women uh, this year, and it's it's been incredible the impact that just $30 um, can make. It costs $30 to sponsor a woman to go through the Sense of Seeds program. She receives um, agricultural workshops and and a loan of seeds to grow on her land, um, and then with those seeds, you know the the results that we've seen from this season, because it's been a really good rainy season there, is that a 30-kilo loan of seeds has harvested over 300 kilograms of food. And that can obviously make an incredible difference to a family living in poverty. It certainly is. That, that sounds like a serious impact. Uh, you must get a lot of benefit and joy out of seeing this grow over the years. Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, we have a, a like I have a huge. Um, I have a small team with huge hearts, and uh, yeah, with big vision. And we hope to have twenty thousand women in that program by twenty twenty. And to do that, we we, we need to raise around a, a million dollars. And so the the fifty thousand dollars that we're raising as part of the Love Millions Challenge will go towards um, towards seeds as well as the the maternity ward um, that we're hoping to build at uh in the next sort of 12 months hopefully good luck well hopefully we're going to get a few park runners 
behind that and adding their kilometres to this challenge in the next 10 weeks. I'm not going to let you go. We've got an Olympian on the podcast. I'm not going to let you go without finding out what you've been up to lately. I saw you in Melbourne uh, for the Melbourne Marathon Festival on this on Saturday. Um, yep. What have you got planned and what, what are you aiming for at the moment? Well, we've got our Come Off Games trials coming up. So firstly, the 10K trials, which is at the Zatapec in December. And then, sorry, my little girl just got home from preschool. Um, and then we've got the 5K trials in February. So, yeah, really looking forward to those. And I'm just doing a bunch of road races to prepare um, this weekend. I'm in, the, I'm in Tassie for the Bernie 10K. And uh, then the Noosa 5K, and then after that, we're heading to Uganda for uh, a couple of weeks. We're taking a team um, over there, and then I'll come back, do some altitude training, and then at Falls Creek uh, with my group and my coach, Nick Bedeau, and then I'll um, head down to Melbourne to run at the, the Zatapec Trials. Well, it sounds like you're staying very busy, Eloise. We also have very special person on the podcast in that we have a Commonwealth Games baton bearer in Mr. Tim Oberg. That's all been announced this week. So how exciting is that? You're you're going to be part of the Commonwealth Games baton relay and yeah. Elsie's going to be at the Commonwealth Games. Do you, you know? Don't jinx <laughs> Elsie. She has to get, she has yeah. to get through the trials first. I think but, um... but I'm, I'm confident in the bag. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm um, going to yeah. be there no matter what. Let's just say that I'm going to be there no matter what. Even like if yeah. if something happens, I'm going to be there watching for sure. I, I couldn't yeah, yeah. cheering for my teammates if that happened. So yeah, but no, it's it, look, it's exciting. Obviously, it was announced today. Um, the the, the baton bearers for announced yesterday rather the baton bearers for the Commonwealth Games, and uh, it's been quite a long process. So I, I was nominated. Um, by Renee Russell, who's uh, our event director down at Varsity Lakes, which is um, on the Gold Coast, obviously, where I used to live. So um, Renee very kindly nominated me for, for that. And um, so I've, I've known since then, uh, that's probably been at least six to eight, maybe eight months ago that, that was. And then you go through a process where I think they must, um, they must call people at various stages of the process. So you receive an email saying, you know, you've progressed to the next stage and, and so on. And I think about two months ago, it got to the point where they said, we're now, you know, you've, you've progressed to the point that we're going to do background check, police checks and that sort of stuff on you. And I thought, okay, well, if that's where it's at, it, that's, that's probably looking quite good because I knew I'd get through the police check. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, to, to find out officially um, uh, last week, so I got an email last week saying that you, you, you're through, but that it's top secret, confidential. No, you can't tell anyone until... The 18th, uh, the 18th, which was, uh, was that yesterday? Yeah, till, till it was announced yesterday. So, so yeah, it'd be great. Um, uh, I know, I know one other lady who's doing it up here in Ely Beach. So we've already had a joke that hopefully we get to pass to each other. So, um, and lots of other park runners have been recognised today too. I think there's at least half a dozen or so uh, who have been nominated for their contribution. They've made the park runners volunteers. So, um, and so I think you know when I, when I certainly for myself and I'm sure for for the other volunteers when when you get recognised like this. I see it as a massive compliment to the whole organisation because when people, you know, when Renee nominates me, it's because she loves parkrun. And um, so it's a tribute to everyone who's, uh, I guess, enhanced Renee Russell's parkrun experience and, and, and likewise those of, um, 
you know, all the other people that nominated people from Parkrun, it, it's because of the, the experience they've had with Parkrun. And, and, and so, as I say, that's a tribute to all the Parkrun staff, uh, all the volunteers and all the participants to, that we're recognised in this way. Ah, it's okay. It's the police check. That must be where um where they knew I wouldn't get through. So tell us truthfully, Tim, this whole we want to get fast for Christmas situation, it's it's really you want to get fast for the Commonwealth Games. You don't want to make uh, – I'll not use colourful language, but you don't want to make a donkey's behind of yourself, do you, when you've got that baton and, and that's what you've got Eloise involved the 5K trials are in February, the 5,000 metres, so um, you never know. If I have a very successful 10 weeks and take about uh, seven minutes off my PB, um, then I could be, you know, I could, I could be in with a shot. So, um, yeah, see, see how those sessions go. Yeah. Elsie, you'll be pleased to know I, I've done nothing this week. I came down with man flu on Sunday, and I so my, my week one of the 10-week training plan has consisted of absolutely nothing at this point. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be condensing it into a nine-week plan um, from the look of it. But uh, hopefully everyone yeah. else is uh, getting their sessions in. <laughs> <laughs> all good, all good. I think there's still time. Nine weeks is still plenty of time. Yeah, yep, that's what I reckon. Better at this side of the plan than at the end, I think. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. I like that advice because I'm with you, Tim. Haven't touched. Well, actually, I did the first one, the easy the easy jog to start the week, but uh, that's where it stopped. But we'll get back on yeah. track. Thank you both for coming on the podcast and having a chat about this challenge. Pleasure. Your plans. Good luck, Eloise. Um, I'm pretty confident you'll get the you. Commonwealth Games on the track. Thank you. And Tim, as always, thanks again. Oh, yeah. Thanks, mate. Yep, yep. <laughs> thanks for having us, guys, and continue your great work with the Parkrun Adventures. It's uh, fantastic. Yeah, thanks, guys. There's a hole, there's an empty hole in my life this week, Mel. Oh, and what is creating this void, Scotty? Well, I kind of got used to having raving reports every week. We had, we had a oh. really good stretch there. We did. We've been having amazing roving reports. Have we got none? Nothing. Oh. Nothing this week. But that's okay. That's okay. I'll move on. <laughs> Maybe next week. Yeah. Better luck next week. Well, there's lots happening this week in the parkrun world, so there's lots of opportunities to get some roving reports. Where do we start? What's happening? Well, we've got no launches, so that's not what's happening. But we do have some anniversaries. I'm going to be headed someplace for cake this week. I'm going to Brightwater in Queensland for their third anniversary. This is anniversary season. It is. Because we've also got Grafton. In New South Wales. Gungarland in the ACT. They only get a couple of uh, anniversaries in the ACT every year, so there's one to skip along to. Kingscliff, just in New South Wales. And Mossman, who are also in New South Wales. Murray Bridge in South Australia. And Orange. Orange is also in New South Wales. That's, that's a pretty uber weekend for anniversaries cake and donuts fancy dress happening all over the place okay now that's not the only exciting thing happening this weekend no what else your opportunity to fill out the parkrun adventurers 2017 pearl illustration 
Oh, have you filled it out yet, Scotty? I don't think I'm allowed. Why not? I would I would be Oh no, but see, it's anonymous, so it's not like I would know what your feedback is anyway. It would skew the results. Yeah, it would. But we didn't stress that last week that it was completely anonymous. So people can be honest. Yep. No fear of repercussions. Tell us like it is. Yep. Just come at us. <laughs> I've had a quick glance at the results, Mel. Oh, how how are we doing? People are getting them in, I hope. They are. Well, it's you know, I'm I'm pleased to say we have got more response already this year than we had in total last year. So that's encouraging. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. There's been a good early response. Good job, adventurers. Yeah. Should I tease you? No, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to say anything. You're not even going to tell me. You've been – but you – you get to have a look. (laughs) Come on, just tell us a little bit. Something. Something. Give me something. Look, I've been really – there was a great question in there if you could interview anyone because that's given us some great ideas <laughs> because oh, with yeah. you and Mel, Mel, there's only two brains. There's only two brains in action here. So we, we just sometimes run out of ideas, but we've got like a hundred new ideas to go through. Now, some of them are dead. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, some of them are dead. <laughs> that's so okay. That's, that's going to be a challenge. I know a lady with a Ouija board. We can make plans. Yeah, I'm not sure that'll work though. It's, Ouija <laughs> boards aren't really an audio thing. No, this is true. Yeah. This is true. We might have to have somebody translating. It could still happen. But we, we've got some interesting ideas. Did you hear that? That was me on the Ouija board. <laughs> you got one right there. Yeah. It's a travel work, Ouija did it? board. Didn't work. <laughs> what are they saying? Okay, well, let's, let's park that idea for now. So... <laughs> The dead people notwithstanding, I mean, I, I'm still interested in those people anyway because that, that's an insight into who people are interested in. Even if they aren't currently living, you know, it's an idea and we could find somebody who might be similar. Can you give me a couple of examples? Put you on the spot now, haven't I? Mm. Who's Sophie Monk? Weed? What's a Sophie Monk? Who is Monk? she? Yeah. Is, isn't she an actress? Well, somebody wants us to speak to Sophie Monk. Okay. Fair enough. Well, we might need to do some research and look into that. There's a couple of other names on there that uh, I'm not 100% sure on, but there's a a good opportunity to uh, search for them, do a bit of research. We'll get our Google fingers happy. All right. So let's move on. But we, we do, we still, obviously, Pearl Illustration is going to be open for a couple more weeks. Two more so weeks. So we are keen to get everybody on board and filling that in because, yes, the questions might not be the normal kinds of questions that you see in surveys, but we are not the normal kinds of people who write surveys, are we, Scotty? No, we're not. As clearly and evidenced all valid. by this year's Pearl Illustration. <laughs> so even if you haven't gone, just go on for a laugh. There's a couple of... It's a couple of chuckles. Exactly. Yep. But yeah, two more weeks. We're giving you two more weeks to do it. And next week we're going to really give you an incentive, hopefully. But, but that doesn't mean don't do it this week. Does it? No. No. Okay, cool. I think we're All done. All right, well. Yeah, I think we're done. I am... Um, I know you don't like me mentioning it every week, but I did try to 
to equal you on the most events list last week and it didn't work because you foiled me with your little exploits in New South Wales. I'm going to be at home or, or visiting events I've already been to for the next couple of weeks. So you have an opportunity to get ahead of me again, Scotty. Have you got any adventures planned? You know I do. I'm an adventurer. Do I? Yeah. You know because it's no, inevitable these days. that. <laughs> it's inevitable. <laughs> well, it's your only opportunity to get ahead of me for a while because, yeah. You're coming at me after. Well, look, I have. My, t- my flights are booked. I am heading on another adventure this weekend. Oh, actual flights. Yeah, I'm, I'm, in, I'm adventure. on a plane. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, interstate. Yep. I'm assuming. Yep. But what I did do. Are you chasing the week, down the Peel Club? No, no, I'm not in. I'm not in that game. But oh, I went okay. on. Uh, I flew from Canberra to Sydney during the week, and I went on one of those. How long planes. does that take? Like ten minutes? It takes thirty-five <laughs> minutes. <laughs> thirty-five minutes. Did you have propellers? Yes, it was on one of those planes. Did you have to bend over when you were walking down the aisle it was so that t- you didn't hit your head? It was tighter than normal and <laughs> the luggage was it was pushed, jammed really hard into the overhead lockers. Okay. But, um, yeah, up and down. They, they barely had time to, to hand out all the uh, goodies, the the snacks. <laughs> so, so you were they were probably doing it all sideways while you were still going up. Almost. 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 But there's something that I'm a little bit nervous when you can actually see the propellers spinning out your window. I'm not used to it. But um, I survived. I'm here. And, and it was uh, an adventure. It was, was an it adventure. Was it parkrun related? Well, I was going to a, a sort of a parkrun related event. Yeah. Okay, cool. I was, I was hanging out with some parkrunners on the flight. As you do. Yeah. So it was good. Anyway, I'm back. I'm on a big plane. I bloody hope I'm on a big plane. Uh, this week. Can you give us like a state that you're travelling to or is it a surprise for next week? Let's you know, I'm sure you've got a, a gaggle of fans out there who want to know where you're going so they can arrange to be there. Do you think it's a gaggle? It is a gaggle. <laughs> as in, isn't that what they call gooses? It's a gaggle. Thanks, Bill. On that note, <laughs> <laughs> I'll speak to you next week. Talk to you then. <laughs>